Recent and disastrous events, the Covid pandemic and then the war in Ukraine have caused major disruption in supply chains. This has reinforced the feeling in the European Union that the bloc can no longer rely on free trade and the market to ensure the functioning of its economy. More than anything, it feels a pressing need to increase self-sufficiency when it comes to the supply of minerals and other critical raw materials. Hi, this is Hermine Doncel and I'm back for a new episode of our Green Deal podcast where we discuss raw materials and mining. Could mining dig the EU out of a hole? These materials are essential for the bloc's digital transformation and its energy transition. Lithium, for instance, is a critical component in batteries for electric cars. By 2024, we need to increase our supplies of this essential element by 40 times current levels. The same goes for many other raw materials, as Eric Pirard, professor of mineral resources at the Liège University in the south of Belgium, tells Miriam Ball, our colleagues from RTBF. There are 91 metals in the periodic table, and I'd say that we need them all. Of course, there are those that we talk about every day, lithium, which we often hear about. But in fact, in a lithium battery, you have copper, aluminium, nickel, manganese, cobalt. I'm going to stop there, as there are many more. A solar panel is mainly silicon, but there is also a lot of silver and a lot of electronic parts containing indium and gallium. And while a wind turbine is a bit simpler, there are also a lot of electronic parts, not to mention the famous permanent magnets in the electric generator, which require so-called rare earths. At the moment, we are largely dependent on external supply sources, such as China, for such raw materials. But if we plan to reassure the supply, we need to consider stepping up our mining activity, as Milac Markic a member of the Geological Survey of Slovenia, explains to RTV Slovenia. Europe has long been one of the cradles of mining, if one leaves aside antiquity. But mining and raw material extraction in Europe has declined, especially for metallic raw materials and more recently for energy raw materials. Now that we want to introduce new technologies, there's some blood pumping through our veins. It's electric cars that need conventional and critical raw materials the most. Europe's vulnerability to geopolitical tensions is fueling a push towards greater autonomy. To improve its self-sufficiency, the EU is not only relying on digging across its territory to find resources, but is also pursuing alternative avenues including better product life cycle management. According to Alfreda Skinoulis, director of Lithuania's Environmental Protection Institute, the most effective way to make batteries more sustainable is to recycle them, giving the metals and other elements they contain a second life. Skinoulis is confident that in the future, more and more lithium-ion batteries will be recycled, so the amount of raw materials needing to be mined could decrease. He makes his case to Gino Radias. The most important thing when using so many batteries is to lose as few of them as possible. In the words of the European Commission, no battery can be lost. All of those batteries, all of the metals in them, could easily be recovered by recycling them. We could therefore get them not from primary natural resources, but from our waste. Even when batteries are no longer suitable for using or reusing, they're all recyclable. We have the right technologies. There are several factories in Europe where lithium, cobalt, copper, aluminium and other metals are processed and recovered. And these processes are gathering pace. 
Of course, not every raw material can be recycled in the same way, explains Dr. Markic. Iron has the highest rate of recycling. Titanium and nickel also have high recycling rates. Other batteries, such as lead-acid batteries, have a recycling rate of 60 or 70 percent, and others only 20 or 30 percent. But they have a long lifetime. There's no shortage of these raw materials, or there has been no shortage of them on the world market for the last few decades. We're now faced with questions about new technologies, partly in the context of the war in Ukraine. Ukraine is very rich in coal, all kinds of coal, coking coal, graphite, as well as oil, gas, iron, chromium, especially eastern Ukraine. However, the EU will not be able to move towards self-sufficiency without the extraction of some of these valuable materials. At present, only a few EU countries – Austria, Finland, Greece, Ireland, Poland, Portugal and Sweden – have active mines. But opening more mines is easier said than done. Mining has many drawbacks, including negative effects on biodiversity, the environment and the quality of life of local people. It is therefore resisted by many European citizens. The road to increased mining is therefore long and full of pitfalls. In Portugal, various lithium exploitation projects have been subject to local protests since 2016. Tension is particularly high around the Barroso lithium mine project, an open pit mine, the largest in Western Europe, due to open in 2026 in the village of Covas de Barroso. The works are for the moment suspended after numerous demonstrations. Nuno Forner from the Environmental Association Zero tells our Portuguese partner radio station Radio Sinsa that there are no reason compelling enough to justify the impact of a new mine. Nós não podemos, não podemos encarar isto como uma menor. Nós temos de, de avaliar de forma séria quais são os impactos. We can't consider this a lesser evil. We have to seriously assess the impacts, how we can minimize them, how they can be compensated for. And if, in the end, we come to the conclusion that we can't mine in a sustainable and low-impact way, we will have to abandon these territories. We cannot base ourselves on the principle of I can, I want, I command, or I will mine because there is a national plan to mine lithium at all costs. We have to think very carefully. The people of these territories must be heard and their concerns taken into account. These sentiments are not restricted to Portugal. On the other side of Europe, in Estonia, Tarmut Reimann, director of the Estonian Environmental Law Centre, echoes Forner's thoughts in an interview with Mart Waldner, our colleague from Kuku Radio. In the Estonian context, the word phosphorite has a historical context and a sensitive resonance. Basically, it's well known that the Green Revolution requires different critical mineral resources, different rare metals, and today these come mainly from China or Russia and Africa. It's said that Estonia's phosphorus has the potential to replace these Green Revolution minerals 
But it's not yet clear in Estonia what the environmental impacts of this extraction will be. What price will society have to pay for this? What is clear is that we should not be in a hurry with this extraction and that we should first investigate the situation, conduct scientific studies, talk about the issue independently and openly, assess the impacts, consult with society and then make the wisest decision, both in terms of the Green Revolution and for us in Estonia. One of the primary environmental impacts cited relates to water management. The proximity of sensitive areas, such as Natura 2000 areas or other protected areas, is another major concern. People are also apprehensive about ecological damage to the surrounding land and subsequent detrimental effects on other local industries, such as agriculture and food production, effects that may affect people's income. Finally, mining activities can be a serious health risk. A comprehensive environmental and social impact assessment is therefore essential before any mine can be opened. Nelson Gomez, a local protester from Covas do Barroso in Portugal, complains that the community's concerns have been ignored. In our opinion, the first thing to do was to see if there were really conditions for this mine and if the country would gain or lose from it. You have to realize that 60% of the country's biodiversity is found in this area, in our region, Barroso. The water that we have here, well, a large part of the water that is consumed in the country comes from here. We have to think about which resources are more important, whether it's lithium, which will not always be an important resource, or whether it's water, biodiversity and common land. This is very important land for us. The management of mineral resources and licensing and mining legislation fall within the competence of EU member states, as raw materials are generally considered to be national natural assets. EU countries each have their own national legislation in place on mining activities and mining rights. Added to this, there is currently no comprehensive EU database on mining activities. However, EU legislation on environmental regulation does provide instruments for the design and phasing of mining activities and can be used to ensure that mining and mining waste do not endanger human health or the environment. The European Commission has recently launched a public consultation on its future legislation on critical material, closing on the 25th of November 2022. It is seeking public input on the poor diversification of EU supply sources in rare materials, the untapped potential of supplies of European origin, and the environmental and social aspects of extraction. This said, the number of mining-related conflicts is only set to increase the EU should prepare for this not only by investing in public mediation and conflict resolution, but also by assessing the root causes of conflicts. Greater attention should be paid to social justice in order to understand and mitigate current and potential conflicts arising from our growing need for minerals. It is also important to keep in mind that each mine operates in a unique social and environmental context and the same measures are unlikely to work across the board. One thing that could help to make mining activities more palatable is requiring mines to run fully on renewable energy. This should also be legally obliged to compensate for any biodiversity loss, for example, through biodiversity offsetting. In Lithuania, 
Alfreda Skinulis, director of the Environmental Protection Institute, acknowledges that batteries have become a necessity for life. Yet he stresses the importance of greening the extraction of raw materials as well as the battery production process. We cannot get by without primary raw materials. Let's take lithium, which is mainly mined in Australia and Chile. This is certainly not an environmentally friendly process. However, the added value created for the planet by having and using batteries is greater. In the case of cobalt, however, there is an even bigger problem. Large amounts of cobalt are mined in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where human exploitation and environmental pollution are major issues. Therefore, cobalt extraction is particularly damaging, and this issue must be resolved at a global level. Still, we do need primary natural resources. It's therefore really important to extract them using the greenest energy possible, polluting nature as little as possible, destroying green areas as little as possible. The extraction of so-called green lithium is being investigated in several EU countries, including France. Green lithium is produced from geothermal springs using a mode of extraction that resembles a well. The downside? Well, it is much costlier to extract. One final argument for repatriating some of these mining activities is that it will open our eyes, the eyes of EU lithium consumers, to the pollution associated with battery use. This may in turn lead us to develop the right tools to do it in a more environmentally and socially friendly way. Miriam from RTBF asked Professor Pihar for his take on this. Pihar highlighted the case of Sweden, where mining activity is very modern, extremely robotized, and they have been using hybrid vehicles in mines for decades. They also apply intelligent management to so-called mine waste, in other words, the famous slag heaps that we know all too well. But, he cautions, even taking this approach, no mine will ever be clean. I don't want to talk about a clean mine, because I think that digging a hole in whatever way has an impact on the environment, and that any human activity has an impact on the environment. So it all comes down to how well we control that impact. The engineers who work in mining are trained in the same schools as the engineers who make the rockets that go to Mars. So I think we have both the technological skills and the environmental skills. Here in Liège, we train geological engineers, people who also have a solid background in the environmental field, people who know about groundwater, who also know about atmospheric pollution, who are able to implement the best technologies to try to limit the impact on the environment. But I repeat, it's a challenge to get several million tons out of the ground with the least possible impact. In the future, more mines will have to be opened worldwide to meet the needs of tomorrow's societies. With this in mind, it's only fair that we open our own mines and bear the environmental and social costs of our own consumption. In turn, the EU institutions and member states must live up to the challenge and regulate in such a way as to minimize these costs. But no matter how hard we try, there will be a price to pay for reshoring and therefore securing our supply of raw materials. That's it for today. Make sure you come back again in two weeks' time for a new episode of the Green Deal podcast. Till then.